Grace and peace from God our Father and Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I would like to thank you for tuning in to the Power to Change Ministry Podcast. My name is Reverend Alvin Lewis and I will be your host for today. Today we're going to take a close look at uh, Matthew chapter 2 verses 1 through 12. And the title of this teaching is This is the day that the Lord has made So let's get started Let's start with a word of prayer Father God in the name of Lord Jesus We thank you for this day We thank you for your wisdom Your knowledge and your understanding We thank you for your mercy Your grace Your compassion We thank you for your everlasting love that you have for us. Father God, we thank you that we have strong faith because of you and your word. We thank you, Father God, that you're one that we could depend on, one that we can look to, one that never fail, one that never sleep nor slumber. Father, we just thank you for your divine will. Oh, Lord, help us in this time in the name of Jesus. As there are so many different things going on at this time, oh, Lord, but I know that nothing happens unless you allow it to. And, oh, Lord, we want to be in your will. We want to walk according to your way. And we want to serve the purpose of why you have us here in time. So we tell you thank you right now in the name of Jesus. Because we know even though it looked like things are out of control in different places and in different situations. I know and we know that is in perfect control because you God, our Father, is still on the throne. So we thank you right now for this time, O Lord, and I pray that you will anoint this message afresh, O Lord, that everything that you want to be heard, it will be said through my mouth, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. And I tell you, thank you in advance for all that I have prayed and asked for, Because I know, Father, that you hear us and that you will do all that I have asked you to do. In your son Jesus name, I pray. Amen. And thank God. Welcome again to the Power to Change Ministry podcast. I pray that you've had a wonderful week in the Lord as I have had. I am so thankful and grateful for God that I have a relationship with him. It is it it is the highlight of my day. I am so thankful that I know who he is and every day he increases my knowledge of who he is, which gives me a greater understanding of who I am. And it also sharpens my purpose for his will. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Um, we're going to look at Matthew chapter two, verses one through 12. And as I said, the title of this teaching is this is the day that the Lord has made. And in this, in this, uh, section or this pericope of, of scripture, we're going to see, um, the visit of the Magi, um, they're coming to see. Uh, the king of the Jews and they want to worship him. They, they, they saw Jesus star and they, and they come in to worship him. And now it's in a time of turmoil. Well, not turmoil, but time when um, Israel is under the control of Rome and Herod is the king. Um, he's a, he, he has converted to Judaism, but it was just for political reasons. So let's look at, this section of scripture and uh, there's some things that we can learn here so that we can apply it to our everyday life. Um, the Magi 
Well, let me before I do that, I'm going to read the scripture through and then I'll come back. Now, then, Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judah in the days of Herod, the king. Behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. Saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him in Bethlehem of Judah, for thus it is written by the prophet. And thou Bethlehem in the land of Judah art not the least among the princes of Judah for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel then Herod when he had privately called the wise men inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared and he sent them to Bethlehem and said go and search diligently for the young child and when ye have found him, bring me word again, that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star, which they saw in the east, went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened the treasures, they presented unto him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. So we have the visit of the Magi. Now Magi, the exact identity of the, of the Magi is impossible to determine, though several ideas have been suggested that suggested. They have been given traditional names and identities as representatives of the three groups of peoples that descended from Noah's sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. More likely, they were Gentiles of high positions from a country, perhaps Parthia, northeast of Babylon, who were given a special revelation by God of the birth of the king of the Jews. This special revelation may simply have been in the sky, as might be indicated by their title, Magi, specialists in astrology, and by the fact they refer to the star which they saw. Now the Magi is during the time that they came, it was during the, the close of Herod's uh, reign. It, uh, the wise men from the east um, came in search of the king of the Jews. Now these men might um, also, they might have been pagan priests whose rituals centered around the element of nature. Because of their knowledge and predictive powers, they were often chosen as counselors to, to kings who do not know where they lived in the East, how many there were, nor how long their journey lasted. It was the star in the East that somehow made them aware of the birth of the king whom they came to worship. Now, also... Magi uh, is is a representation of the Gentiles coming from distant areas of the world to worship Christ. So this is our coming in those who are not of the house of Israel in that direct bloodline. This is God's way of grafting us in, giving us access. As as I state the beginning, this the name of this lesson, this is the day that the Lord has made. He made a day for us 
to come in to the fold, to be a part of his kingdom, to be in the family of the righteous God. So we see that God used the Magi, you know, and as I what I have read, um, the uncertainty of where they may have come from. But one thing for sure, they weren't Jewish. But because of their expertise of the stars, God used that. And he 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 can God can use anything and anybody he want at any time he desires. So he he used them, you know, to come and set the stage for uh, what was to come. Um, we find that Jesus is born. Now, we see here that um, Jesus was not a baby at the time. He was he was a child because when they came into the house. They saw the child. So he was older then. But Jesus was or, or is the second Adam. Now, he is the second Adam. Now, the first Adam we know is Adam in, the, in Genesis. Now, let's let's look at Genesis one verses 26 and 30. And let's look at what God designated we should be. He says, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creepy thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them and God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth and every tree in the which is the fruit of a a tree yielding seed to you. It shall be for meat and to every beast of the earth and to every fowl of the air and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life. I have given every green herb for meat and it was so. Now we find here that God, he, he, he had an idea without us. We, we had nothing to do with it. And he, decided that he wanted to make man in his image and his likeness as male and female. And he blessed us. He and, and he gave us everything that we needed to be exactly what he created. There was nothing missing. There was nothing needed. It was a complete um, God's complete completion of us because of who he is and because he is not one who doesn't know what he wants to do, but he has infinite wisdom and he knew exactly what he wanted to create. So he gave us that and he gave us power. We had dominion. He had positioned us in a place where we were over his creation. So this is what, what God wanted. But we know that um, um, Adam he, he decided that he wanted to do something else because God gives us free will. And sometimes we look at free will and we see freedom and, and we really don't understand the responsibility and the accountability for freedom. Meaning that I must make the decisions that I need to make to stay in the boundaries of that I decide I want to live on it. And uh, in this case, as Christians, we have boundaries. You know, the word of God is our boundary. We live in the word of God. So we have to make the decisions according to the word of God so that we can live in the word of God and stay in the word of God and depend on the word of God to give us everything that we need. Um, now, Romans 5 Verses 12 through 15 says, now death through Adam, life through Christ. Now that, that is the heading of that scripture. It says, therefore, 
Just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin. And in this way, death came to all people because all sinned. To be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given. But sin is not charged against anyone's account where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who is a pattern of the one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? So so we see here that um, the second Adam, which is Jesus, the Christ, which is the, the the our solution and our forgiveness um, of our sins. This is our way to get out of the situation that we entered into by making a bad decision. That is not excess, not being mindful of the decisions you make with the freedom that you have been given and forgetting about what God intended when he created you. Sometimes we, we get lost. You know, we don't remember why, why am I, or sometimes I know I ask, you know, you know, God, what should I be doing now? I know the scripture tell us in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct our path. But sometimes we don't do that because we are used to doing certain things and we know how to do those things. And, 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 and it doesn't come to our mind to think, you know what, well, let me ask God about this. Let me ask him, what, what should I be doing right now? Or what should I eat for dinner tonight? You know, what God should I do? You know, can I, should I drink some water now? Some, can I drink juice now? And, and some say, wow, you know, I don't need to ask God that. I know how to do that, you know, but you have to understand if you, it increases your dependency on God by utilizing those moments to, um, to just stay mindful that I need to, I need to know what God thinks. I want to do what God want me to do. I want to make sure that I'm making decisions that God would be pleased with. I want to make sure that I'm staying in the boundaries that God has set for me in, in the word, in Christ. I want to make sure that I am not uh, moving in a direction. I, I hope I'm not causing anybody else to move in a, in a direction that God would not be pleased with. Now, we find also in Genesis chapter 3, 17 and 19. We read about Adam making the wrong choice. And unto Adam, he said, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife and has eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shall thy eat bread till thy return into the ground. For out of it was thy taken for dust thy art and unto dust shall thy return. So we see that the consequences of a bad decision. And we see that we are positioned as humanity in a place that's not where God intended we would be or should be when he created us. OK, so now we we find um, that we need a way out and we need a way to get back in the in the right relationship uh, with God so that we can get back in the boundaries and, and we can start exercising or utilizing the abilities that God has given us, because when you out of those boundaries that God has set, those things that he has designated that you could do, that you that you should be doing and that you are. You, you don't have access to that. You don't have access. He's, God is not going to give you dominion.
to to do things and to have control over his creation outside of the ark of of righteousness as a sinner you 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 got you're not going to have that so you got to get back into the right relationship of god so we see here that um that god he has made a day and 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 it has been talked about and and he has made a day so that we can get back in the right relationship of God. Now, in verse one, also I want to look at Bethlehem. Now, Bethlehem, the meaning of that is the house of bread. Now, it was a town in the hill country about six miles south of Jerusalem. Now, Bethlehem called the house of bread. We know that that's where Jesus was born. Now, and, and in Luke chapter two, verses four, verses seven. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth to Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house. He was of the house and lineage of David. To be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. Now, this is what happened. Um, Jesus was a baby at this time. You know, as the scripture says, now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judah in the days of Herod. OK, we we find that uh, days of Herod, the king. Behold, the wise men from the east, from the east to Jerusalem. It said, now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judah in the days of Herod, the king. Now, that is the beginning of when Herod was the king. OK, but the wise men, they came later on in the reign of Herod, the king. So we, we find that in, in, in Bethlehem, the house of bread. The place where Jesus uh, was born um, and Jesus is the bread of life. OK, so the bread of life was born in Bethlehem, the house of bread. So we find uh, um, John seven fourteen says, have not the scripture said that Christ cometh of the seed of David and out of the town of Bethlehem where David was also Luke. 2 15 and 16 and it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven the shepherds said one to another let us now go even unto bethlehem and see the thing which is come to pass which the lord have made known unto us and they came with haste and found mary and joseph and the baby and the babe laying in the manger now that account there is when jesus was a baby OK, the, the the wise men, they come at a different time when Jesus was a child. OK, so we say here and you see in verse verse two of uh, Matthew two, Matthew two, two saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For where we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Now, we find that. um the wise men is going to cause a problem by that announcement. We're going to see that that is a very disturbing visit from the wise men. And it says it in verse three, when Herod, the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. You see, this see God's God's kingdom is a disruptor of the world's kingdom. It is not God. God didn't come here to make the world's kingdom stronger. He didn't come here to um, make sure that the world's kingdom can do what it wants to do because the world's kingdom is unrighteous. Now, we wouldn't have had the world's kingdom if Adam had not uh, made that bad decision. We would not be experiencing that. But because he did, now we have a world the way that we know it. 
and the things that are experienced that we experience or we hear about in, in our day to day life, because the world, the whole world does not believe in God. The whole world does not trust in God. The whole world is not interested in uh, what God has to say. And in some cases, those who say they love God, they don't really love God. They're not really after God himself, but they after what God can do for them. All right. So we have to understand that we're living in a circumstance or I should say the consequences of a bad decision. And, and this is what we live in. But because of who God is and he loves us so much, he has created a day that we can get out of it, even though we still physically have to live. He said we, we can we can be in the world, but not of the world. OK, so we can live according to the will of God, according to his scriptures and according to his guidance. And once you become born again and you receive the Holy Spirit, now you can be guided, guided by the eternal God. So you now are walking through, you know, all of this turmoil and confusion and, and, and you understand. You understand and you still have your joy because God gave it to you, not the world, you know. So now you will see here that the visitation of the Magi, it caused a problem. Now, you you probably would say, well, you know, why? Why is this? Why is this a problem? Why? Why would they be upset because of? You know, the Magi coming and 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 saying something uh, about a king. Well, at this time, Rome was in control of Jerusalem, and they and, and as well as the people of Israel, and they were, um, you know, letting Israel, you know, function. Kind of sort of like they they were free, but they would keep they would keep a, um, a, a reign around them. They didn't want certain things to happen. And see, Herod, Herod the Great, which is what uh, Josephus uh, named him. He was a descendant of Esau and therefore a traditional enemy of the Jews. OK, he was a convert to Judaism, but his conversion was perhaps politically motivated. Herod the Great is the king. The Roman Senate appointed him king in 40 B.C., but he actually reigned only through 37 B.C. to 4 B.C. Now, we find that his rise to power um, was because of his relationship, his family's relationship with the Roman Empire. So he is in place to keep the the turmoil down and and most of all, make sure that the taxes are collected. So he he is in control of the world of of Israel at that time in that isolated section. He He's in control there. So when he hears the Magi's who come from the east now. Also, the Magi's have also been uh when you look at it, they could have came from Babylon. Now, I know there's different locations and different ideas about them, but they could have came from Babylon because, see, in Babylon at that time, there was there was a, 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 a remnant or a, a community of Jewish people who lived there who was not controlled by the Roman Empire because Babylon and Rome you know they was jockeying they wanted to control that area well they, those that were in Babylon was not controlled and also Daniel and uh, Shadrach Meshach and Abednego they was there you see so you had loyal believers in God in Babylon and, and they were following the um the leadership of God according to the law of God or what they had, they were very serious about that. And and you can go and you can read in Daniel and you can see how uh Daniel and and uh 
um, his companions um, carried themselves. OK, they they really uh, showed that they were not going to yield to the worldly power. So we see here that Herod is disturbed because he see that if this stir up the Jewish people in this in, in Rome, this could cause a problem. This could call a up cause an uprising. This could cause taxes not being collected. And if those things happen, then Rome, the Roman government has no need for Herod to be there. He, he has to be removed because he's not serving the purpose of the Roman Empire. He is now uh, causing a problem and they don't want problems. They, they want things to 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 run smooth. They want things to um, to be the way they want them to be controllable. And they want them to think the way they want them to, be, to think. Now, you also you had during the time you had an, a Hellenistic movement to get. They wanted the people, the Jewish people to think um, you thinking about science and, and, you know, just the things of knowledge. They, they, they didn't want them to focus on a spiritual God. They didn't want them to think about the law of Moses. They didn't they didn't want them to. Uh, understand who they were. They wanted to forget the scriptures. They don't want you to know those scriptures. And, and it sounds like today, you know, most of the times scripture is not discussed. Scripture is not reviewed. You know, we have a lot of entertainment that going and we have some people, they very good entertainment in churches, you know, where you go there. I've, I've been to a, a church one time with a guy sang for almost an hour. He never opened the Bible. He never, never picked a scripture that was that he was going to preach on. And then after that, they took they took up an offering. So you have a lot of stuff going on, but you're not going to make it unless you have knowledge of these scriptures. These are your boundaries. This is where we we need to live as believers in Christ. We need to believe in the word of God. You know, faith coming by hearing and hearing the word of God. We need to understand what God is saying in his word. Now, as I said before, Jesus kingdom is a dis is a disruption. We see in Daniel chapter seven, verses 13 and 14. I saw in the night visions and behold, one like the son of man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the ancient of days and they brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people nations and language should serve him his dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed now let's look at today we got a lot of problems where uh police are shooting uh um young black people, but that's not the only people that get shot. You got white people that get shot as well. All right. Also, you have politicians. They are arguing and fussing and fighting with each other. So nothing gets done. And then you have those who are pushing, saying that that they are pushing for equality. And and and, and we got to prosecute this one and prosecute that one. And they want to reform different things. Now, all of these things that are going on is not going to work because we need to come into the knowledge of God. We need to come into the kingdom of God and see in the kingdom of God. We love every we love each other because we we understand that we are the creation of God in the kingdom of God. We, we share with one another, you see, because God, we know that all this stuff here ain't nothing. You know, it's, it's going to pass away. It's nothing, you know, but my relationship with God and my condition of 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 where my soul 
is going to spend eternity is important. So all of these things in this world is 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 not important. And you, you you're not trying to get as much money as you as you can as you can muster up. You're not trying to be the most powerful. See, because Herod he 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 wants to stay in that position because he you know he he wants to stay where he is because it make him feel good. It, it make him feel important. You know, but everybody is important. You know, all lives matter because all lives is the creation of God. So we have to understand that our solution for these problems is the word of God. It is God's way it is it is because we all belong to him. We don't belong to the world. We don't belong to each other. You know, we belong to God. And because we belong to God, I need to treat you with love and respect. I, I need to have empathy. I need to have compassion towards you. You see, I should be concerned about you because I know that you are a creation of God. Daniel seven twenty seven it says, and the and the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the most high, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and all dominions shall serve and obey him. Meaning that God, a just God who has no ulterior motive, because if God wanted to control us and he wanted to make us robots, he would not have given us free will. He would have told you this is what you want to do. Like all other creations, animals are instinctual. You see, but they're smart. They wise and don't don't think that the animals are not smart. They are. They have a level of, 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 of intellect. OK, but not like us. We can reason. We can make decisions. We can we can look look at one point of view and look at another point of view and come up with a conclusion. You see, so we have that ability. So what God did not want us to be robots. He wanted us to choose to love him willingly. And, and, and this is this is what it's all about and to do what it take to love him. So we see here in this scripture that the Magi are coming and, and we're going to see a new situation. Um, as I said before, Jesus is coming in to set a new standard for the relationship with God and humanity. He is setting up a new place for us to live with him, which is in Christ. Because Jesus, once he go, you know, because Jesus, the Christ, the anointed of God, the, the, the lamb of God, once he go, we, be, we get the Holy Spirit. So now we are in that place where we can live in the presence of a holy God, of a just government. You see where decisions are made because of truth and righteousness and not because you have the wrong color skin or you have a diff the wrong address or you don't have enough money. You see, or, or your job is not prestigious enough. You serve no purpose to humanity. So we see here in this scripture that God is showing us the two worlds. He is showing the world of man who has uh, uh, developed a system of power, but is not as strong as he think it is, because here it is. The kingdom of God is coming into view. It is coming into play. And, and it's kind of like you can see them standing toe to toe. And the system of the world is worried. It is worried because it understands or, or maybe it don't understand, but it, it God will God will give them that understanding. He will give them that fear so that they say, oh, my God, what, what is happening here? Because God has that type of power. It's like when he give you favor, he touched the hearts and the minds of those and uh, that he's going to use to bless you. You see, they had no intentions on blessing you. They had no intentions of giving you anything. But because of the will of God and the power of God, God touches the hearts. God touches the minds so that the circumstance will work out exactly the way God wanted to work out for you because you are in the position you need to be. OK, so we find here that the Magi come looking for the king of the Jews so that they can worship him. Now, see, that's very powerful to me 
Because when I look at why I pursue God, why am I seeking God? Why do I want to do the will of God? Why, why am I interested on what God is thinking about? I could take the mindset that, you know, this is my day. I'm up. I have way things that I want to do and I'm going to do it. I'm not thinking about an invisible God, one that I can't see, one that I have to have to trust and believe that the word that he left behind for me is true because that's what faith is. Faith is the now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So, uh, you know, I got to have a desire to hope for something different than what I'm experiencing because maybe I'm having a good time doing what I'm doing, you know, because sinning is fun. Maybe I'm on the winning edge of, of the corrupt lifestyle. You know, I figured out how to get much money. I figured out how to be ruthless and, and conniving so that I can I can I can uh, outdo everybody, you know, like faith that I hope for. And the evidence of things unseen. See, I can't see these things. There, there's no nothing factual other than. Once I come to the understanding of God and I see that he created everything, then when I look around in the world and I see the sky, the trees, the grass, the birds flying, the, the squirrel scurrying, you see in all the insects, then I understand, yeah, there is a God. There is a God. You see, so now I am coming to worship him. See, I'm, I'm not interested in getting things from God. It's easy to get things. You know, they said the word says the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. Well, the wicked has stuff. That's what it's telling me. You see, the wicked has stuff. But if I put myself in the place of a worshiper, if I get into the place of a worshiper and, and, I, and I worship God according to what I have, you know, everybody don't have the same things. But one thing for sure, God wants sincerity because he knows your heart. He can see everything. You can't fool God. You can't make him think that you something is real when it's fake. You see, so this here is when I see that the Magi are coming and they're traveling and, 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 and they're coming to Jerusalem. And they're coming into a system where they know it's going to cause some problems. It's going to, this is the, the king of the Jews when Herod is in charge. Wait a minute. I'm the king. Herod, Herod, Herod would say I'm the king. And but no, they, 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 there is another king that's being born or has been born. And, and he is here in Jerusalem. I, I, I want to see him, you know. Or they came to Jerusalem, but they came to Jerusalem to see Herod. But in Bethlehem, I want to see him because I want to worship him. See, but and that's a problem for a worldly king because the worldly king want to be worshipped. But see, we have here uh, uh, a scene that God is showing you that he is not afraid of what this world has going on. That he is more powerful than what this world has set in place and what he had, what we are living through. That he, he is sending a message here that this is the day that he has made. And in and, and the rest of that scripture, it says and that we can rejoice and be glad in it. That means that I don't have to be worrying about these things of today. Because if I'm living in the boundaries that God has set. And nothing can overtake that. No, nothing can can break into the to the place uh, into Christ or or uh, into the word of God and destroy it. Nothing has that strength or power that it can take the power of God and reduce it to nothing. Nothing. There's nothing that can do that. Now, we can decide that we don't want to believe in God and we can decide that we don't want to follow uh, um read the word of God and we could decide that we don't want the Holy Spirit, you know, by by our conduct and the things that we do in our life. We can decide to do that. But that does not negate the fact. The eternal fact that God is alive, his word is alive and that he is in full control 
of what is going on and that we can depend on him each and every day that there is nothing too hard for him. There's nothing that 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 catches him by surprise. There's nothing that uh, he he doesn't have an answer for. And, and this is this is what it's all about. We have to understand that we can trust God. That he has given us a way through Jesus to Christ to get back in the right relationship with him. Just like it was only one way for us to get evicted out of the Garden of Eden, which is the disobedience, which led us to sin. There's only one way to get back to God, the father, which is Jesus, the Christ. So as I close today, I want you to understand uh, two things. And, and you, these are questions that you would need to ask yourself. Am I seeking God? Am I diligently looking for him? Do I desire God to be the head of my life? Do I want to be under the government of God? Do I want him as my king, my leader? Do I trust his leadership? Do I believe that he has my best interest at heart? Do he love me? And does he do he supply my needs each and every day? Now, you, you just sit, you know, just sit back, get you a cup of tea or something, a coffee, whatever, water, just nothing. Sit back and just ask yourself, am I seeking God? You see the, the God who him himself. OK, that 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 is uh, who I should be seeking. And then if you say you seeking him, ask yourself. Why am I seeking him? There's a scripture in the Bible um, where Jesus fed the multitude. And um, after he had fed them, he, he, he went to the other side of a body of water there. And and they were looking for him. And, and Jesus told him, he said, you were looking for me because of what I gave you to eat physically. You, you was after a meal. You you wanted something to eat. That's why you was looking for me. But if you look for me for the food that's not physical, but spiritual, the that the food that you will never be hungry again. And it is it is of eternal. It's eternal in nature. You you then will have something see because we seek God for perishable things we seek God for things that lose value we seek God that possibly will give us approval with people that probably don't like us no way and even with those things they still don't like you you know they fake and the people pretend that they like you or they even love you but they don't but if you if you seek the eternal things of God. And you diligently seek him and, and with all your energy, you seeking God and you want to know him so that you can have a relationship with him so that you can spend time with him each and every day of your life so that you can walk with him and discipleship. So that you can learn from him how to be what God intended we would be when he created us in the Garden of Eden. That's what I want to be. That, that means more to me than anything else. I just want to make sure that I am what God intended I would be. I want to make sure that I am pleasing to him so that I, I don't do anything to damage the relationship with him. Now, the word tells us to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he'll add all those things unto me. So whatever other things God wants to add in my life, I leave it up to him. Because whatever he's going to add, it's not going to turn me from him. 
It's going to make me stronger and pursue him with more force. It's going to increase the desire for me to have him as the head of my life. It's going to make me more conscious so that I don't make decisions that will be disruptive to the relationship that I have with God. Because I want to protect that with all costs. I want to make sure that I am doing what he wants me to do. So I pray that you will do that and you will sit down and you will come to that conclusion and that you and that you will pursue God with all diligence, with all your strength. You will pursue God. You, you will try to please God just as the wise men. They came to worship God. And when they found him, you know, what I mean, they they open up their chest. OK, when I look at that chest, I'll open up my heart. Lord, I, I, I need you. I need you to. To, to make my heart and, and, and give me everything that I need so that I can be exactly what you intended me to be. I don't want to be a disappointment no more. I pray that this word today has been an inspiration to you. I pray that this word here will help you to see God in a way that you've never seen him and it'll help you to desire God in a way that you've never desired him. I pray that this lesson right here is the one that will help you to say, Lord, I'm so sorry that I have trespassed against you. Please forgive me and restore me back in my purpose place that you have ordained for me so that I can get to work being exactly what you created me to be. And as in the word of encouragement, and if you do that and, and you find yourself in that place where you are in your purpose filled place, the designated place that God has anointed for you, I'm telling you. Life will never be the same. You think you've been living. You're going to experience life in a way that you could only have imagined. Matter of fact, I never even imagined this. And I am so grateful to God for who he is, what he does and, and, and for where we are going. So don't forget. Walk by faith and not by sight. And remember, don't just look to be a blessing. To be blessed, look to be a blessing. Go in peace. <laughs>